What is the thing that we can all do to really support the growth and development of this child and raise their own belief in what's possible? The educational landscape has shifted. The social mobility is very segregated. Therefore, politically, the same thing is happening. The decisions you make around that child's education are of paramount importance. What can we do that would make educators' lives better? How do we make change that you can see in the classroom? They don't have summers off. They're not on a break. Most of the time that kids are not in school, teachers are still working. To impact our urban public schools, to impact the life of a child, we really wanted to elevate the profile of our city as well as elevate the opportunities that exist in education here. I'm Jen Maestas, and you're listening to Miss Education. Thanks, guys, for being here, ladies, big powerhouse women in the education (laughs) landscape that I loved sitting and talking to. And I was just saying that I don't think we've ever, the three of us, sat down together. I've gotten to talk to each one of you different times um, over the last year, really. I don't think before then. It's been probably just recently. Um, But we've not gotten to sit down together. So I appreciate you so much for making time today. Um, I'm sitting here with Inga Cotton and Christina Noriega. And I am going to let you guys tell everybody who you are and what you do. So my name is Inga Cotton. I'm the founder and executive director of San Antonio Charter Moms, and that's a nonprofit that helps families to find out about their school options in San Antonio, Um, but not just charter schools. So we talk about traditional public schools, in-district charters, homeschooling, private school. I've tried all of those at one point or another for my own family. So I'm a mom. I have a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old. And my son, who's 12, he's on the autism spectrum. And that just makes everything a little bit harder. And I want to make it easier for families coming along behind us because there are so many options out there that it can get really overwhelming. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thanks, Inga. True story. I'm Christina Noriega, and I am Oh, actually, I'm a full-time artist, a muralist, painter, um, but I'm also just very passionate about education. Um, you know, my mother was a SAISD teacher, and she was always so passionate about it. So I guess she's the one that kind of, you know, was in there from the, from the start. But I think I've gotten more involved the last two and a half years since my two daughters, who are now 10 and 10 and 7, <laughs> so bad. 10 and seven um, started uh, at Mark Twain Dual Language Academy, which mm-hmm. is in SAISD. And I just became, I became really excited by what I saw happening in SAISD and wanted to be a part of helping what I saw and continue to see is a very positive trajectory. I wanted to be a part of that and help connect other parents who also wanted to be a part of that and are deeply invested in the district. Although now I'm like, well, SAISD is so important, but what about the, now I'm also I'm always thinking about the greater picture sure, too. Sure. You know, yeah. I'm so SAISD focused, but I'm, <laughs> you know, I, as I read about all the other districts and what's happening, you know, um I definitely want to think beyond that too. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of, I do feel like you can create a little ripple effect, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can start at the center of something and then watch and see what happens as it spreads across the city. And I do think the conversations are really important to have, um, especially considering we have 17 school districts in in Bear County. Um, And so it's easy to not know what else is happening across the city. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I think that's why, so you both have parent forums of some sort, right? Mm -hmm. So let's start even before then. Like, let's go back. What's what's your favorite memory of school? 
or the thing that stands out the most? Maybe it, I mean, it can be, it doesn't have to be something great and amazing. It can be something else. <laughs> I, I have so many memories. Most of them are positive for school, but of course, my overall trajectory, I was incredibly, like I said, my mother was a teacher. And I think if you're a teacher's kid, you know, you have an advantage, you know, your, yeah. your parent knows, the you system, know, yeah, the knows way it the works. System. And I had my own advocate in my mother, you know. I had a very positive experience overall. Of course, I remember the one negative thing that a teacher told me in sixth grade. She made a comment about, you know, and, th- and, and this goes, and I'll tell you what it was. She was a sixth grade teacher, and she said, you know, Christina, I think you're pretty rude without realizing you're rude. And oh. I was and I was so devastated. Whoa. You know, just that That's... one thing. I know. And, and then I think of all the kids that, like, hear negative things all the time. And this yeah. one little comment, like, almost destroyed me. And I'm like, okay, Christina, get over. And then my mom was like, don't listen to that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But um, she always was there advocating for me, making sure that I was always in the best schools, that I – got tested to be in advanced class. You know, she, mm-hmm. she she was very savvy in that respect. And, I mean, I could go on and on about my school experience, and I'm sure each of us could, but I was very fortunate. And even though my dad, he didn't go to college, he, he you know, he always had a very high expectation for me from the start. You're going to do well. You're mm-hmm. going to go to college. And I had mostly teachers that believed that, too, and told me that and said, you're smart. And that was my... I was very fortunate to have yeah. that experience, you know, and remember that is, besides that one comment. Um yeah. It's crazy how that sticks with you, though, yeah, right? Cause, yeah, it yeah. is. So um, growing up, we moved around a lot. Um, I was actually born in California. And um, but it seems like whatever community we moved to, my parents would do the, the research of, you know, before charter schools existed, the way you right. exercise school choice was you'd figure out which yeah. neighborhood had good traditional public schools. They'd yeah. talk to the realtors and mm-hmm. do the research. So, I mean, I wound up going to some really good schools along the way. I think the best schools that I went to were actually the Department of Defense yeah, schools really. in Germany. So wow. I went to um, Hano American High School for uh-huh. seventh grade and ninth grade. And then from there, we moved to Texas. And that was a culture shock. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I graduated from Churchill High School. And uh-huh. um, like, I guess with my name, Inga, like I'm, I'm an American citizen. I was born in sure, California, yeah. but everyone thought okay. I was like the foreign chick. <laughs> right. Right, so. Where's Inga from? That- <laughs> know, right. Back then I knew some Germans. I could kind of bluff yeah. my way through it a little That's bit. Yeah, so but no. so, yeah, I would have assumed a whole new identity. I would have been yeah. like, yeah, yeah. You have no idea where I'm from. <laughs> Pseudo accent. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like you missed, missed your opportunity. opportunity. Yeah, I missed yeah. so, But I, I, I didn't feel like I fit in at Churchill. I mean, it's a that's a big place. And I, I basically set my sight on, like, I just want to go to college. So I actually skipped another grade and just went to Trinity University. And that, like, that was where yeah. I, like, found my my education home. Like, I yeah. really loved it there. So, yeah. And actually, my first term paper in college was about school choice back really? in 1992. That's awesome. In, it was a political science class. And I wrote a paper about about school choice. And the professor thought it was like, this is really weird. But I'm like, no, it's on <laughs> it's on Bill Clinton's platform. Like, look, it's a thing. Like, okay, wow. this is weird. So, so who and knows? And what was the climate like in San Antonio at that time? There was there, really there were no charter were like schools. None in San at Antonio. all. There was no charter school law in Texas until like the mid nineties. Yeah. So and then like Kip, San Antonio, like New Frontiers, like there's there's a handful of charter like uh, George Gervin Academy. There's a handful of like charter schools that were founded in those first few years of the charter school law in mm-hmm. San Antonio that are still around. Yeah. So. I just remember that there was like health careers. Yeah. If you wanted, yeah, I mean, that, I the remember, magnets. Like, yeah. A magnets. magnets, and that's it. That's yeah. It. Yeah. No, the choice was public or private. Mm-hmm. There really wasn't another, unless you went to a magnet school in the early 90s. I graduated from business career, so it was the second magnet. Uh, Mm -hmm. 
no idea I would be an educator at the time, but I feel like it has actually served me really well. Um, and the experience of going to school and like not being in the neighborhood was really like I, now I'm like, wow, my parents were really brave because mm-hmm. they I knew nobody. Mm-hmm. I had maybe two two people that from my middle school also went to that school, but it was a fresh start. Like it was they were brave to to say you have to do this. And they did say you have to do this. I would say they exercised choice. I yeah. did not have a choice. How old were you when you when you yeah, high, high school? 14, yeah. Okay, so uh-huh. it was a high school. Yeah. It was a high school. Yeah, yeah. it was nine through twelve. <laughs> That's true. I had no choice. I had I no went, choice. It's I exercised no choice. Like they were like, that, you are though. doing this. Like how when my girls, they're still in elementary school, so they don't have much they choice have either. They have no choice. But when they're older, I feel like I want them to have some. I didn't yeah. have a choice either. My mom was like, we're moving to Alamo Heights School District. That's after, it. After You're my doing... parents got divorced. She was an SAISD teacher, but she said, Alamo Heights is the best school district, and that's where we're going. And that was yeah. it. And it was like, okay. And it was like being on Mars. I when I, first, I didn't know what to wear. I didn't know. It was very <laughs> awkward to start in sixth grade, but I survived. I had the yes, swim team and art. Too, but, and I learned you know. how to make friends. You know, it was not the people that I, yeah. they were, my other friends were friends because we all had been in school together for years. It was mm-hmm. new to have to go somewhere where people, everybody wasn't just like me and having the same, having had the same exact experience as yeah. I had had. Um, so it was definitely like it was a brave thing for my parents, but it was not about my choice, which is why I think it's important to talk mm-hmm. about school choice through the lens of a parent, because yeah. you're really the ones that are making the choices. Yeah. The kids just go where we send them to go. Yeah. And think about like why, like my husband. OK, so I went to Alamo Heights I've, and my husband went to Kennedy and Edgewood. And I just remember like there was not any school, but yeah. I remember like the choice was he was actually, they'd move and he was zoned to go to Memorial. And yeah. No, they couldn't go to Memorial because <laughs> the rest of the family went to Kennedy. So they like oh, use someone else's address. For sure. <laughs> but you know, it was like just it's about the, legacy the name. The legacy. Of, yes. Mm-hmm. I thought that was for funny. For sure. Go Rockets. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's very different now. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do, you, how do you think those experiences that you guys had sort of shape your hopes and dreams for your children? Because obviously we are living in a world where we actually have lots of different choices that are beyond magnet or beyond public versus private. Like what are, so, so tell us a little bit about your choice journey. So even when I was in middle school, high school, like I was I was that nerdy kid who would, I would read the newspaper <laughs> and I would read like the Wall Street Journal and the Economist and um, brilliant, also uh, nerdy, aka smarter than everybody else. But like the Economist <laughs> and the Wall Street Journal, like they covered like um, like there were in the late '80s there were vouchers in Milwaukee, so you could actually get a voucher and go to a private school. And I remember thinking like, oh man. Wouldn't that be cool? Like, wow, yeah. why don't we have that in Texas? And in fact, we still don't have vouchers in nope. Texas. Um, but um, that that stuck in my mind, and that's why I picked that as a topic. And then, so I guess back in around 2011, uh, we were renting a house in SAISD, and my son had just been diagnosed with autism. And so I was researching, like, okay, can we can we do SAISD schools? Like, we were zoned for Hawthorne. Um, what is special ed like? I, you know, what are what are we dealing with? And then at the same time, uh, some friends of mine who are in the philanthropy world were talking about bringing some charter schools that are, had already been successful in other states and helping them expand to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And we were just like on a play date and talking. I was like, 
wow, you're doing, wait, you're doing what? Like, you're going to help Kip build an elementary school? Like, this is so cool. And they're like, whoa, you know what this is? And you like it? Like, yeah, I wrote a paper (laughs) about it. There's not a lot of people at the time that were like, yes, Yeah, this this is before it was cool, right? Yeah. (laughs) I would say there are some that still argue. (laughs) That's not cool. (laughs) Right. Um, And and so meanwhile, like, we, Uh, we moved to Alma Heights. And I thought, okay, well, it's a good school district. We'll be fine. Yeah. You know, but I believe that more parents need options. And so I'm going to help these schools get established. And then after a while, we realized that Alma Heights, it's a really good district, was not a good fit for my son just because yeah. of his combination of challenges and abilities. And so I found myself homeschooling. And then I got him on the waiting list at a charter school. And then now he's at Great Hearts. So yeah. I was like, wow, I'm really glad I started working on this back in 2011 because the school didn't open until 2014. Sort of so interesting how that came full circle for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like that you yeah. just were thinking about it and then you were interested and wrote a paper. And then here you are, what, like 10 years later looking yeah. for a school? I had I had no idea that I – like I didn't see myself going into education as a field or nonprofit work or um, – because I right after college I went to law school and I, yeah. I thought I would – you know, work as a like writer and researcher. I would mm-hmm. or, like do administrative law or or appellate law or something. But that was not that was not the plan. So, yeah, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's so much of our own experience influences what we choose for our own families, right? Totally. Uh, I remember one of the things that I really regretted as, and I didn't really start to feel the sense of loss until I went to college. I left San Antonio. I went to Yale in, in Connecticut, and that was another, whoa, my, whoa. now I really am on Mars. You know, that was shocking for me. Um, but one of the things that I regretted was not growing up bilingual. Oh, um, me too. I mean, I felt like what I felt like I'd been like, robbed what of an in experience, the world? but I didn't realize it until I was older. And, yeah. Um, and for some reason, like at Yale, I met a bunch of like Latinos who were from California and who were all like very activists and all yeah. spoke Spanish. And I'm like, I'm like a fake Latino. That's what I, I know, felt right? like. I yeah. felt so weird. Um, but I was like, you know, I really regret that I didn't grow up speaking Spanish. My Spanish is okay. I can understand it okay. But it's I can understand work, way more than I'm work. willing to try to speak. And if somebody talks to me, experience. I can yeah. get by. Yeah. But you know you know yeah. what's helpful in San Antonio is the same way that I feel about Spanish, many Spanish speakers feel about English. Sure. So like uh-huh. they understand me. Shy. Yeah, yeah, of course. They understand me when I speak English sure. as well. So we can get by here sure. in, in San Antonio. Like sure. you can speak to me in Spanish. I can answer yeah. you in English. And we still are going to have an oh. A-OK conversation. This like everybody's going to understand like each parents, other. Parents, like their parents that only speak to me in yes. Spanish and I only speak to them in English. Exactly. And, and everybody. Fine. But outside of San Antonio, that's yeah. not the case. Yeah. Like I couldn't get by on my yeah. Spanish anywhere but here. Well, I felt like, yeah, like yeah. I said, in Connecticut, it was like, what, Christine? Mm-hmm. So then, um, so when I really, so initially my daughter um, went to Kip as Bonanza because there was like two options at the time and it was like Kip or Bonham and mm-hmm. um I thought I had a better chance of getting into Kip than Bonham. And, but then when I heard about the, you know, SAISD's vision to really expand dual language, um, have the first all dual language public school, I was like, I want that for my kids. This is going to be awesome. I support the superintendent. This is going to be great. And now I think there's 42, maybe even more pro- programs of dual language. They've done away with the one way. Right. Um, you know, which is 
subtractive, which is subtractive. And it's funny you say you were zoned to Hawthorne. That's what I am zoned to currently. Um, They used to just have bilingual, and now they don't have any because they tried. I think they moved it over to Pershing or Mm -hmm. or something. Anyway, it's funny you say that. And Hawthorne's where my mom taught and retired from six years ago now but so that that is what influenced you know and I, and I was so grateful to have that choice I got some I got some real pushback from some parents who were kind of like real why aren't you sending your kid to Bonham why are you doing to kid you know yeah. I was like, well first I'm not zoned to Bonham and second of all I felt a, a very strong connection to the school leader at Kip Esperanza yeah. and you know there's a lot of factors that Definitely. go into it um so yeah, but now I'm I'm happy where my kids are. I feel like they are in a great environment, and um, yeah, that's how I ended and, up where and I, I am. Feel like ultimately, that's what everybody's hope and dream is for their kid, right? Mm-hmm. Is to be in an environment where they can find their tribe, mm-hmm. because that's important. Sure, you, you it's sure. really the sense of belonging. Yeah. Um, that schools can create is yeah. really significant. And so yeah. if you can't find your sense of belonging, thank God we have a system that lets you choose to go somewhere else because yeah. otherwise you're really on the outside and you feel – I've seen yeah. kids who just don't fit in where they are and it's a struggle and yeah. that's hard. That's a yeah. really hard thing. Um, so for sure, finding finding a sense of belonging is really important. But then also – I do think our personal experiences help us mm-hmm. try to close gaps that we mm-hmm. perceive for our own kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of the things I, I wanted my kids to have more um, more of an integrated school experience than I had. You know, I went from um, when my parents were married, a fancy private school in San Antonio, and then to a less fancy <laughs> private school where my mom was a teacher, you know, and yeah. then I went to Alamo Heights, which was great. I got a great education yes. in Alamo Heights. But, you know, it definitely was um, a bubble compared to what San sure. Antonio is really like. You know, and I didn't – I was like, you know, this is – and then especially marrying my husband who went to Kennedy, like talk about a completely yeah. different experience. So I was like, you know, I, I really value – this is why I'm also, I mean, I'm going to sound like I'm advertising, us, but to an extent, you know, I really appreciate the diversified design yeah. system they have because I think it is a gift for everybody, anybody, what, what to be able to be in that and mm-hmm. being exposed. Like you had an other world, you got, you were in Germany, you had this, you know, you right. started, you had tastes of like, oh, there's a bigger there's world a bigger, than just this bubble, yeah, you know, exactly. I didn't really have that experience significantly until left. college, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, so I really want my children to have that worldview as, or, as early as possible, you know, Definitely. and understanding it's not just people like you. Yeah. It's a bigger world. So so you both took your um, personal experiences and your hopes and dreams for your kids and you created sort of a passion, a line of passion work involving parents. So, Inga, you want to tell us a little bit about SA Charter Moms? Oh, yeah. So it. Um, so back in 2012, I decided I'm going to learn WordPress. I'm going to create a blog. Um, and so, but don't go back, don't go back and look at those old posts. They're, they're no good. They're no good. But, but we've, we've, we figured it out. And, yeah. and now we have like guest bloggers and, um, you know, so we try to have content that's really helpful to parents when they're trying to figure out what is a school about? How do I navigate like open enrollment and lotteries and waiting lists and stuff? Um, and then recently we've been putting out all of our content bilingual, English mm-hmm. and Spanish. Um, and so then, like, we cre- I created a Facebook page to share the posts. 
Um, but back then we didn't have any budget. So um, we re- I realized that a Facebook group was better mm-hmm. because people would see the notifications even if yeah. we didn't pay for an right. ad. And then the group is now uh, over 5,500 members. Wow. Of, like people would just kind of add their friends and um, they come in, they ask questions. They say, hey, I saw a billboard for Idea Public Schools. What is that? Mm-hmm. Or, um, oh, like I found out that Northeast ISD is – Offering enrollment for dual language programs, that but it's a cluster system. Like, mm-hmm. what is that? You know, and, and so just we just answer all these little questions. So and try to keep it very civil and yeah. welcoming and yeah. safe because online spaces often go to the lowest common denominator, and we oh, really sure. fight to keep mm-hmm. it like a happy, welcoming place where parents can. Like there are no dumb yeah, questions. Man, they can come in and be themselves. We're living in some like super divisive times right now, <sighs> yeah. and online is. It is a threatening place sometimes. I'll, yeah. I'll text Inga. I'm like, how are you so calm? Oh, like, right? I comment. Ah, you know, yeah. She's so like, okay, and Christina calm. has an online forum too. And it's also a Facebook page. Yes. Do you want to tell a little bit about that yeah, one? Yeah, and actually it's funny. Like Inga and I kind of um, developed it together to start with because, you know, it's called Parents for Progress. We support SAISD. Mm-hmm. And it came out of, you know, my background before I – was living my dream as an artist. I was in marketing and advertising and communications. And one of the things that was just really odd to me was saying there's so much negativity being directed at the superintendent, at the school board, and a lot of it is false information. It's kind of inflammatory, too. Like, it kind of is meant to spark, like... And I'm Let's like, have a fight about this, yeah. please. Like, and they're I'm, not even polite about it. Exactly. Like, drop the please. It's just, <laughs> let's have a fight about this. And I'm like, how is this, this is, first of all, this is not accurate. And how is this helping improve outcomes for students? It, it is nothing. It's not doing any of that. So I was, I was pissed off. I was mad. I was like, this is <laughs> bad. And, you know, we need to use positive storytelling and network and reach out to parents at different SAISD schools Um who are having positive experiences and who support this and want to know more about what's happening, we need to band together and be our own advocates, you know? And and so... And tell our own yeah, story. Tell our like, stories. tell that story. Yes, tell that story. Because I do think... And I know change is hard. I know sure. people are going to resist, but... I get you know, so that's where it, it came out of like a need to be like, sure. hey, let's get some accuracy into this. Do you ever feel like San Antonio has a weird personality, like as a whole, where I think we want to be progressive, but at the same time, at our heart, we're super traditional. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so like the first answer to everything is absolutely not. And then <laughs> out over time, it's kind of like, well, okay, maybe. Yeah. Well, if if you make this concession, then maybe we'll do X, Y, Z. And then yeah. and then slowly but surely something shifts. And then it's like, okay, now I'm willing to speak up yeah. and say how actually this really benefited me in mm-hmm. one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And I'm I maybe I'm just telling my own story because yeah. I'm like <laughs> I wrote in my journal last year, like, <laughs> one of my goals was to say yes before I say no to more things than than not. Um, because I do think sometimes you change is hard. And, yeah. and the safe bet is to do the things that you've been doing that have worked for you. Yeah. yeah like, and like realizing that you're wrong and admitting that you're wrong is really hard. Like, I, I really thing. resisted. I, I, put, I put off getting my son diagnosed with autism. Like, I kind of knew something was going on, yeah. but I didn't want that it on the paper in black and white. For sure. Until and then but once I got it, I realized 
this is a tool. This unlocks services for us. Like yeah. this helps me advocate yeah. for him. And now I'm really glad I did it. And I don't understand why I, I fought it so much, but but I did. Because it's hard. And it's, it is the hard. unknown is really scary. And yeah. that's cliche to say. But there's some truth to like, if I don't know, then I don't have to do anything about it. And yeah. I, you know. I don't know. Yeah. And I think yeah. we all have this idea of what our children are going to, we're going to have like healthy right. kids and we're smart yeah. and we're educated right. and we have tools and that means our kids are going to have it easy. No, it's not like that at <laughs> all. And they change you know? all the time. And they change, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. definitely. They, they definitely. keep, they keep outgrowing their clothes and then I keep yeah, giving exactly. Christina the hand-me-downs. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her, her daughter's Good slightly guys. younger than one of mine. They, my they daughters fit. get the hand-me-downs. <laughs> awesome. You know what? Though I love this conversation so much because I think the other trend I've seen play out in my own San Antonio life is Mm -hmm. that we are we can be very binary too Mm -hmm. we kind of like for it to be one way or the other Mm -hmm. you're on my side or you aren't you are here or you are over there and what I love is that this is actually representation you two are representing two really diverse populations of people mm-hmm. who have very different opinions and ideas. Mm-hmm. Like there, I think you should just name that too. Like it's, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. two have really worked together to figure out how do you create a coalition that is positive and that is um, accurate and that can empower people to just decide for themselves what yeah. needs to be. Yeah. And don't make assumptions. You know, that's the thing. Like, assume good intent. Don't assume that someone's going in with, like, this negative agenda. That's just not the right attitude to have. Yeah. It's really not. And, I mean, that's one of the things that I admire about you and, and SALT, San Antonio Leaders are Teachers, because it's not saying teachers, you have to choose a side. No. You have to be for public traditional ISDs or you have to be for charge. No. We are for kids. We are for yes. best practices. We are for – and that is positive. And that's something that I think is attractive to me as a parent, to other educators where it's like, okay, I don't want to just hear the complaining and what's I wrong. Really I want to hear what's right and focus on that. I mean, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. And I really have thought hard about like, what are, what is the gap that I perceive to exist in my work life that I feel like I have some power to do mm-hmm. something over. And mm-hmm. one of those, I am married to Carlos Maestas, who is a digital storyteller, and he has to put up with hearing all my stories. <laughs> and, you know, it was funny to me because I would read newspaper articles or I would see the news or I'd see something on Facebook and I would tell him, like, that is so unfair to characterize one thing mm-hmm. Um Without actually knowing the people, mm-hmm. right? Like knowing the the human beings that are actually doing the work or the students that are coming through the door or the parents that we're interacting with. It's not the whole story. Data is not the whole story. Data is part of the story, but it's not the whole story. Um, and I was having a conversation years later with someone else about our new accountability rating system and how I think that it is wildly not fair to rate a school the mm-hmm. way that we're rated because – Every school doesn't have the same challenges, but we're rated by the same measures. And and I think that we should be rated in some way. Um, I think measuring progress and measuring growth and no, trying to figure out whether a school is a good school or not a good school is important. You can't let people off the hook. But I also feel like there are a lot of things that kids come to school with that are not in the purview of a school. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to fix those things, too. But we're the mm-hmm. only ones that are wearing the F. 
So we have hungry students. We have students who haven't slept well. We have students who don't have access to medical care. We have students who um, are victims uh, and witness to a lot of social emotional issues and trauma in their neighborhoods and at home. Um, But none of the other social sectors Mm-hmm. that would be responsible for caring about those things are wearing an F, mm-hmm. just the school is. Mm-hmm. And I, that's part of the reason that I thought, you know, we are, we are not doing as good of a job as I think we could mm-hmm. at celebrating the work that's actually happening in education in San Antonio. And we're mm-hmm. not celebrating the professionals who are showing up despite all of the challenges. And they're, they are... Our teachers work tremendously hard across the city, mm-hmm. and we, we don't get to tell their stories that often. So that's how SALT was created, um, and that's why I like this conversation because mm-hmm. I think we're really – I really like that you guys talk about what is going well and mm-hmm. where how can you access what's going well. That's yeah. the focus. Like, you could talk about what's not working, yeah, but mm-hmm. ultimately, you want people to know what is working, and then how do you access what's working? So, like, we do share links to the school report cards in, like, on the, the mobile app and on the guide page. Mm-hmm. And, like, so, so like, on San Antonio Charter Schools app and on the guide page. It, But, like, I don't want parents to have that be the limiting factor right. for them. Like, they, I really well, want them to know the story. Well, that's what we have right now. So, I mean. Yeah, well, no, but, like, I, like, we'll do, I was telling Christina, like, we're working on blog posts where, like, we'll talk about an entire school network and mm-hmm. say, like, look at all the this whole portfolio of schools, right? right? Or like, look at this particular school model and like think yeah. about what the reasons are why this is the best fit for your kid, not mm-hmm. like like people jump will join the group and say, I want to know what is the best school in San Antonio. It's like, there is no single yeah. best school. There's so, not. Yeah. Although if people ask that, they probably want basis, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what do you mean by that? Right. It depends, right? Yeah. Best but, at what? Yeah. And right. compared to who? so much more. And like, yeah. like having, being able to have your kids experience uh, classmates and peers who don't have the same background that right. they do, right? And mm-hmm. broadening their horizons that way, like that's there's there's value in that. So yeah, I feel like with a rating system, it's like I feel like we haven't ever gotten good at nailing it, you know? Because what was it before? Needs improvement, improvement required, mm-hmm. or met standard, or you know? And it didn't really do a great job, you know? Of one of the things that uh, Diego Bernal's his main criticism of the A through F system is that. He doesn't like that it's on terms that kids understand, and that's one thing that really stuck out with mm-hmm. me. I'm like, yeah, for sure. And it's and I and then I was like, well, do kids that are as you say in F school do they know that they're in F, or do, do they is this something? And then I'm like, oh dear. Then what do we? But I think that they're but we have to have some way to know is. One of the things that really stuck with me, and not to go off on a tangent, but you know how I I, I definitely one of the the there's a a report released by the new teacher project a year or two a year or two ago called the opportunity myth, mm-hmm. and I encourage everyone to read that because that left a profound impact on me. Right. Be- because um, basically, long story short, it. This study, they went all around the country, rural areas, urban areas, private schools, public schools, and looked at um, what was being taught, what was being offered to students. And overwhelmingly, children in urban areas, high minority, high poverty districts were not being offered even grade level content. So a lot of them, the, here's the opportunity myth. Okay, we're doing well. We're making A's and B's. We're, I've done everything I'm supposed to. And then graduating completely unprepared to go to, um, you know, uh, for your college. Mm-hmm. And so 
you know, that's something that we need to acknowledge exists. Yes. It's implicit bias. It's people not even knowing that that's what's happening. And that's, to me, a huge danger. So mm-hmm. how are we rating? How are we saying, okay, this school, it feels great. It feels like a wonderful community. But is it serving the kids, too? Because we, I do believe academic rigor is very important. And yeah. that we can't just – we have to have that balance of um, – meeting needs and it's incredibly difficult when you have high all all the things that you mentioned Mm -hmm. but we also have to make sure have to make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing i don't know how i don't know like it's like the conundrum of the century right like how do you do it what what are you doing and how are you measuring the schools and making sure that that's you know i think that's the million dollar i think i think that having the grade level having the grades on schools highlights also the inequality of resources mm-hmm. that, yeah, like, that sure. if so much of it is mm-hmm. dependent on property values and sure. like a district like Edgewood ISD, the property values are so low yeah. that they they can't have modern classrooms because mm-hmm. they just don't have the property tax base for it mm-hmm. and how unfair that is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like Pandora's box, right? Like every mm-hmm. time you lift a layer, there's another thing where you're like, well, that's not fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well, that's not, mm-hmm. that's even more not fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not it's not OK for a parent to say, well, I my kids are taken care of, so yeah. we're fine. Like, you know, like yeah. I'm college educated. I'm we're able to buy a house in a district that has a lot of resources like and but I can't just sit back and say, well, we're fine, mm-hmm. you know, or like, oh, well, I got my kids into an open enrollment charter school. Mm-hmm. That's that's so we're fine. It's like it's it's not fine until everybody's fine. I'm not yeah. OK with just saying, well, a few people are saved. No, mm-hmm. we have to help all the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I feel the same way. Yeah. So how do we yes. do that? <laughs> I, I think empower that, parents. Empower yeah. parents. That's a that's a big, big creating dialogues, connecting parents to each other. Um, I would love to see more connection between parent groups and teacher groups. Like I feel mm-hmm. like there's still kind of this little yeah. hey, let's talk to each other. You know, one of the things that last year at um, at my kid's school when I was on the PTA board, half of it was teachers and half was parents. And I think that was incredibly, incredibly valuable in trying in understanding where both sides come from, you know? Yeah. Um, like, what are some of the things you felt got lifted? Like, it was like, oh, well, this you know, was important to know that maybe we, one group or the other didn't think about. Just realizing, you know, how much is put on teachers' plates and how they just want to teach and they don't want 500 billion requirements and this and that. And I was like, why are you on PTA board then? But we need you. But in that respect, it's like, just tell me what we can do to help you. It helped me kind of understand yeah. that. And it broke down some walls, I think. And um, and it got more teachers showing up at PTA events. You know, it just became, yeah. created more. You know, we, we still have a long way to go. But I, I think that that really having compassion for what each group is going through, you know, because, um, you know, we're all, we're all in all, we all have the kids' best interests at heart. But I think that the more we can do that, the better, the more parents and teachers can talk to each other and force it upon, you know, it's wonderful to do that because then you're like, oh, my. Um, I, and I don't, I don't know. I do think the teachers have way too many requirements. I'm worried about that. <laughs> I really am because it does get in the way of just doing just teaching in the way they know best, you know? Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. Yeah. I praise teachers. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. I had to substitute <laughs> for my second grade. But I'm like, oh my god. Oh my god. You're way outnumbered as a every teacher. Day. Like yeah. you're just way outnumbered. Yeah, At are. any given moment, there yeah. are way more of them than there are youths. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it is hard work. For like sure. I've observed. Uh, so my kids go to Great Hearts, and I've observed like in the early, for, like really in kindergarten for like first few weeks, they don't really learn anything except how to act in yeah. class. Oh, for sure. Like how to put their butt in the chair, yeah. how to like not <laughs> go crazy in the hallway <laughs> and like, you know, get your pencil out, get yeah. your paper out. Yeah. Like they spend so much time on it. But then like once they get rolling, they really get rolling. Like it's, oh, it's yeah. a thing they're of beauty. they're like little sponges when they're yeah. little. They want to know everything. They're so intrinsically curious. They just want to know why and how mm-hmm. and how come and can I? And what if I do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. So if you could put your finger on one thing that every single student in every single school all the way across the city should experience at school, what do you think that should be? I think it's having high expectations. Really? Yeah. yeah. So really? in the yeah. in the in the context of my son yeah. is a special needs kid, yeah. and like the my greatest fear about like I, I mentioned like I was afraid to get him diagnosed with autism because mm-hmm. I was afraid of what the label yeah, of what it would autism mean. or special education sure. what that meant. And like there are still people in the system who they they mean well, their heart's in the right place, but they think that the way to be kind to a special needs child is to just Lower give them the like let them play, just yeah. let them play. It's like no, no, no. I want him to learn. He has a bright future, but he's got to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got to learn it now. And um, I think especially children of color um, are victims of low expectations. And mm-hmm. the, Christina talked yeah. about the opportunity myth. And sure. like it's yeah. it's you can't just say it's like you have to acknowledge how many challenges they're overcoming just to be there in the building, awake mm-hmm. and ready to learn. They're they are climbing mountains to get there. But, but the best way to serve it. them Absolutely. is to prepare them for the future where they can do anything. Yeah. So whether it's a special needs child or a child of color, any child, they need high expectations. They need to be told about what the cool jobs are mm-hmm. or what colleges mm-hmm. they can go to. And that then the, the teachers, the adults believe in them. Yeah. You no, know, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, exactly. The high expectations. They go to a school where they know my teachers, my principal, my counselor, the nurse, believes that I am capable, believes Mm -hmm. that I am smart, believes that I have talent, you know, because when you feel that, you Mm -hmm. excel, you know, you you do, you you perform to what others' expectations are, and it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If someone thinks that you're not going to do well, well, heck, why would I do well? No one's going to, you know, it's hopeless, and that's one of the things that um, the mindset and having that growth mindset, it, that's really the most important. I mean, yeah. it, you know, the culture of the feeling like, yes, this is great. You know, when you're hearing, oh, this is too hard or this mm-hmm. is not, this is too much of a challenge. Then that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you, the kids feel that and they're like, why should I try? You know, why yeah. should I? No one believes that I can. So that's that's what I, I even wrote that down. It's so much easier mm-hmm. to be successful when the when the people around you believe that you can be. I mean, really, it sounds so simple, but... Yeah, it's hard to make. It's hard. it's hard to be patient enough mm-hmm. to let somebody struggle over mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. That I think is what is hard. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you just give up a little bit too mm-hmm. soon, where you say yeah. like, "Oh, they're really struggling with this. Let me go back and not ask so much." But truthfully, mm-hmm. the struggle is where the learning occurs. Right. And mm-hmm. I think like when mm-hmm. I think about what good 
learning is supposed to look like, you actually experience failure a mm. lot mm-hmm. when you're when you're learning something new. Yeah. Um, but we've created certain conditions in school that sound like you should not ever fail. Yeah. <laughs> and we will not let you fail, which yeah. I think is a really common theme in schools is like yeah. no student should fail mm-hmm. no matter what, particularly students who are in special education. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to fail anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was always a hard thing for me. And now looking back, I'm like, why did – why why – We'd spend a whole lot of time investing money and people power around interventions Mm -hmm. that would completely prevent anyone from experiencing any kind of failure at school, Mm -hmm. which to me is not that – like that says something about, wait a minute, what are we really teaching our students about learning? And then you can develop like a a defeated attitude to it where it's like I'm not – if I fail at this, I'm just not good at it. And yeah. so it's, then it does become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. cannot tell you how many students I've heard say things like, I'm not good at math. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. I'm just not yeah. good at it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Like, that's the end of the sentence. Oof. But that, that, that cuts them off from so much potential But they the believe world. it. Like, mm-hmm. they yeah. – I, honestly, I've said, like, I'm just not an artist. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> – I was going to say people say that <laughs> all the all, time, right? Like, no, I just can't This draw. is the number one not, line. They're like – all I can draw is a stick figure. Do you know how many times people have said that to me? I'm like, that is not true. It's not true, Or probably. I can't draw people, but I can draw this. I'm like, drawing people is no different than drawing a building. It's observing and how you, yeah. anyone can do it. I mean, anyone can do it. But people just people get into these things. People don't believe that. Yeah. And, and you, you're, you're labeled something. I was labeled the artist as a small child, and I'm yeah. like, all right, that's what I'm, I'm going to do. You know, yes. but, but people. You develop yeah. your identity around mm-hmm. that, well, mm-hmm. around what you hear and what you're allowed to experience. Yeah. And so if we don't let our students really learn and experience some failure and and hold them to you still have to do it even Mm -hmm. if you're not good at it right now that's the high expectation part is like yeah you're not good at it yet doesn't mean you don't have to do it you're gonna have to do it you have to always do it yeah you're not doing your kids any favors if you also try and interfere too much like this like the helicopter parent sometimes i'm like i cannot believe what i see I cannot yeah. believe what I see. My or, or parents, like the, the lawnmower parenting, yeah, right? Like t- yeah. sweeping all the obstacles out of the way. It makes mm-hmm. me so great. My parents actually, they just inherently trusted that I was doing the right thing. And thank goodness. I mean, you know, I felt very liberated. That, oh, okay, I guess I'll, I should apply to college now. I should <laughs> take the SATs. You know, it was me doing that. Yeah. But like I see parents that are writing college essays for their kids. I mean, oh look at God. this college oh, admission scandal that happened. I mean, crazy town. Just crazy it's crazy town. You're right. <laughs> it's like, you know, but it's also like that opportunity for is getting my mom writing an essay. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> but it's getting magnified, you know, with the haves mm-hmm. and have nots now because there's so much online. You know, there's all these like there's more opportunities to cheat, quote unquote, yeah. or do all, you know, I feel like it's magnified now and it's just creating more polarization mm-hmm. between the haves and the have nots. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so the whole, so like this season of miseducation, the first season, I didn't really have a plan for mm-hmm. like what we were going to talk through. I just knew who I wanted to talk to. And then mm-hmm. the second season, I said, let's make a plan. Let's have a little theme that we're going to kind of myth bust, right? Mm-hmm. And so this the, this season, the myth we're busting is that school's not our problem to solve. Like it's oh, not yeah. the general public's problem to solve. Let's leave this to the educators to solve. Mm-hmm. Let's leave this to the policymakers. But I really feel like actually it's not someone – 
people shouldn't think it's someone else's problem to solve. I feel like it should be everybody's problem to solve because ultimately everyone is affected by what the school produces. So Mm -hmm. the workforce, the next generation of civic leadership. I mean, everybody Mm -hmm. is affected by what's going to come out of school this year. Sure. So I, I kind of wanted to hear what you guys were thinking around that myth of this is not my problem. I shouldn't have to worry about this. Someone else <laughs> is going to solve this problem. Oh, man. Yeah. But it, it comes back to like, like in our groups, like trying to keep things like positive and not divisive. So like I try to find like nonpartisan ways to communicate, like like register to vote. Like that is an essential thing. Like you have to register right. to vote and you have to show up. And it's it can be hard to sort out what, you know, what the positions are and stuff. Um, you know, and like, like, you know, like there's been so much, well, they, they don't really talk about education that much in the democratic political debates, but, um, but there's, there's kind of stuff happening on the sides of the, like at rallies and stuff. And it's like, I want to share some of that in the group, but I don't want to polarize sure. the group. So I don't really have, I don't have a good, I haven't solved that yet, but, yeah. but it's, it's like trying to get people thinking but that they can like make a some difference. Some people think you're only about charters because it's charter moms. Yeah, I mean the the name stuck. I mean, but I think that's people... one of the things I tell Inga all the time as a communications <laughs> person because people yeah. are gonna label you and judge you based on that yeah. name. You do but, you know, but, you know, like, but oh, if she they must be too like pro charter. Too... You know, but if they have mm-hmm. a problem with charter schools, then they have yeah. a problem with trusting parents. But, but maybe they don't know what charter school means. See, you know yeah. so much about charters. There's so many people that hear that word, they think They're privatization. Like yeah, no, it's know, a triggering like, word. And like you, you know the truth about yes, there are great charters. There are some that are public. You know, the, but not everybody knows that. And, and then they there's hear like that word a different layer yeah. of choice now exactly. too that exists. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like mm-hmm. I just am so happy you're here because I want everybody yeah. to hear what you really think about. Mm-hmm the way the city's education landscape mm-hmm. could function right? and how you're right. not really only about mm-hmm. taking a hard stand on just charters. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'm just <laughs> no, that's I'm really glad true. you're here. No, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy. I feel like SAISD has been willing to communicate with me and, like, mm-hmm. you know, share information with me and stuff, right? So, like, we're working on a blog post that's a guide – to like SASD is doing open enrollment right now, right? Mm-hmm. And like, how do parents navigate the all the choice schools in SASD? And like, SASD is like, so they they recognize that charter schools are here, but yeah. they want to offer their own attractive schools to families and yeah. and have schools with different education models and schools that aren't tied to a particular enrollment area. Because I think I think that's a really key change is that mm-hmm. like you don't have to just go to the school down the street if it's a good right. fit. That's right. great. Do it. If, if you're like, hmm, I don't think the school down the street is the right fit for me. I want something different. So, like, mm-hmm. I wanted more inclusion for my special needs kid. Sure. And I, I thought, wow, classical education, this is really yeah. cool. Like, yeah. So, so just having um, – yeah, I mean, it's like a menu with, like, all these different um, options and types mm-hmm. of schools. So, like, yeah, like, like Rodriguez Elementary is going to be dual language Montessori. And there's yeah. never been anything like that no, in San Antonio that's before. That's really cool. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. something brand new and exciting. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. 
That's really cool. Yeah, so I just, I realize in talking to a lot of parents, they're like, charter, that must mean to it. There's still just a lot of misinformation. There's so much misinformation in the world. It's it's bigger than I think we realize. You know, yes, when you're in a certain green, you oh, okay, I understand. But it's amazing how, like, oh, okay, for some that means. And if you're hearing a headline that charter means private, means this and this and that. And and there's so much misinformation. You're right. Because the people, I feel like people don't. They immediately start saying schools are privatized yes. or run by private yes. business. Right. Uh, but but it's like a charter school is private in the sense that Trinity University is private, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like that like right, like a, a private university, they can take public money for scholarships, right? And right. they can't yeah. discriminate on who they I mean they can be yeah. like as private universities can be selective, like a magnet school, right? Mm-hmm. They can set a standard. Yeah. But like charter schools like, they have to it's take my son. Moment. Like, uh, he's a handful. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. That, that, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of work to correct, the, the to counter the misinformation because I've seen a lot like, oh, they don't serve special needs kids or they don't mm-hmm. have to do this or this and that. And it's I not true. there's still you know? a lot that can be done to yeah. to further the equity of access. Like, yeah. I think our city doesn't have great infrastructure. So if you yeah. live yeah. in Transportation's one. Hard. Yeah, like yeah. transport. Yeah. So that's automatically an issue of access, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah. maybe there is. A, a network school that's doing really phenomenal things, but if you don't live in, if you don't live mm-hmm. nearby and you don't have reliable transportation, you're already not going to have access to that sure, school. Right. Um, sure. I think too, like things like your admissions um, application deadlines. If you're yeah. way earlier in the year than everybody else, then people who may not know, like you're not in the, that circle of knowledge already, you might get the information too late, and or. You're not. You haven't just worked out yet how you would get to that school. Then that's also yeah. an an you issue. You look at of it access. from that that that, and I look at it through the lens of being a communications person. I look at this brochure. Does this brochure say it's for me? Is yeah. it bilingual? Does it show Latinos? Does it show that? And if it doesn't, that means it's not for me. You know what yeah. I mean? And that means yeah. it's not. So I I look at you things see. like okay, how are we? And we should hold all school account to, to be like how can they say that they are for you know i think that's right, important whether right. you feel like you're going to be accepted there you know yeah. whether yeah. you're going to feel comfortable like are people going right. to if i don't speak the language right. or if i don't you know if i ride the bus is it going to be weird for me right. you know so yes you know one of the negative cues. things that a teacher said to me i think mm-hmm. i've probably shared this story on the podcast before okay. but was in high school i like i told you i went to business careers which mm-hmm. was not close to where I lived and I had to ride the bus mm-hmm. but they did provide transportation um, like they had an agreement between the school districts mm-hmm. so I actually went to Jefferson High School and waited and caught a school bus oh, to wow. business careers and I was um, taking an advanced level math course that I wasn't 100% confident in so mm-hmm. I went to talk to my teacher and I said like I think I need I, I need some teacher time. Like, I just yeah. – I don't – I'm not sure I'm understanding um, when are your office hours or, yeah. like, your tutoring sessions. And she told me, and I said, I, I don't think I can get here because I ride the bus. And she said, well, that's not my problem. Oh. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me. And mm-hmm. so whenever I think of, like, charters or other choice options, that is what resonates with me. I'm like, yeah, but how are you going to get there? And how mm-hmm. how do you access all the programming mm-hmm. if you're not – 
close to that school because that sure. stuck with me. Like she just was flat out. It's not my problem that you ride the bus. Mm. You made a choice to be here. That's <laughs> yeah. not my problem. I'm yeah. like, I didn't make a choice to be here. My mother said I had to be here. Yeah, and, just <laughs> the way, and just the way you respond saying, you know, I, you know, I understand that it's a challenge. How can we work? Or just problem no. solve something where it's not shut down like yeah. that. Yeah. That was hard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like some, some things are kind of system-wide problems that mm-hmm. like the charter oh, sure. sector 100%. needs to look at right like yeah. like are they are enough charter schools being welcoming of special needs kids like mm-hmm. like we've had that experience at our school but um mm-hmm. not but all would charter you school. have had that right somewhere there else. are there are other charter schools that that I, I hear stories from families where they enrolled their special needs kid and then they kind of got counseled out of the school mm-hmm. and and that's not okay and the, right. the charter school sector needs to take responsibility for the schools that that aren't living up to their obligations mm-hmm. yeah for sure for sure. Mm-hmm. So there are so many things that we could. So back to my original question. Mm-hmm. Whose <laughs> problem is this? Because I was just going to say there are so many things that we could sit and talk about and say, like, yeah. we still have work to do. Everything's still not accessible. Yeah. Everything's still not equitable. I think if we can convince, I think integration is really key. I mean, I really do because we are so segregated. I mean, aren't we like the most segregated city in the country? We're always like number one or two and our schools still reflect this. So if we have, but we also need to prove to people who have resources and choices that it's not a risk for them to put their own right. children in that integrated. I, I do because people are like, mm, mm, I no, don't in, know. In if other, that's a in safe other thing. cities, the, yeah. it's the suburban white people who vote against the things that would help the. Mm-hmm. But, the they, because, but if they. Yeah. I think, and that's, that's, there's almost like this human nature to be like, yeah. no, I want, I've heard a parent who was actually a minority parent tell me, I want my kids in this bubble. Like, say mm-hmm. it out loud. And I've heard that. So it's like, if, you know, that counteracting that mindset to say, no, it's better for your kids to not be in a bubble, and this is why. Yeah. And, if we, you know, we can, as parents, you know, talk about that and also hold our school systems accountable for that. Like, if a charter school, if you're on a board of a charter school, your board of whatever, saying, how are we speaking to parents who... Uh, maybe don't speak the language. Maybe they don't have internet access at home. How are we welcoming and making that a priority? Mm-hmm. I think those are the things that will start to move the needle. But sometimes it does feel like, ugh, you know, we've got these little examples that I think are doing really well. Um, but, you know, but not everybody's going to s- sign up for that and be on board for that. That's reality, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I think there's, think? <laughs> I, no, honestly, I think, I think like, yeah. I think there's so much good mm-hmm. work happening all the way across the city mm-hmm. all of the time. Mm-hmm. But I also think, like, we're still in competition mode in yeah. some regards. Yeah. And so we don't always want to celebrate. I'm sorry. I'm scared to say it. But we don't want to celebrate everyone else's success. Yeah. Like, we want to hoard the success, Well, I try it, like, on, like, yeah. so for example, like, like um, at – the Thanksgiving parade in New York City, like yeah. Reagan High School got to yes, march. They were the only band from Texas. And like I made a big deal about that on yeah. my page. And like people might be like, well, this is a charter school page. Why is she making a big deal about uh, Reagan High School? Mean, it's yeah. just a big deal. It's a deal. big deal. It's like, a yeah. big deal. Yeah. They represented Reagan High School represented Texas yes. at the Thanks Macy's parade. That's what I'm so, saying. Like we're right? so, so hesitant. I, to I even... feel confident enough about what I rep- what what our organization represents that I will share success from Everywhere. Any right, if it's yeah. charter or district or homeschool or private, whatever, I will share that success on the page because we all need to celebrate it. 
And, yeah, and I, I feel I, like I have that mindset too. And I think that's part of the reason Inga and I are like, yes, we know we're in, you know, yeah. like I'm like, I love the gathering place, this new I charter school. And I'm like, share, share, apply if you can. <laughs> My kids are not the right age, but yeah. if yours are, think about this, you know, and I'm always, you know, every, any school, whether it's charter or traditional public, not as much private because there's just so many different. I can't, I can't keep in my head. I'm mm-hmm. happy to promote if I think they're doing the right thing and offering a great education for kids. You know, that's yes. like yeah. oh, we're working, we're working on an enrollment guide with archdiocese. Really? Awesome. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think that that's part of at least an attempt at a solution is to create some more hybrid mentalities mm-hmm. yeah. and not and challenge binary thinking. Yeah. And again, like that's why we said for salt, if you call yourself an educator, you're in. Like yeah. let's mm-hmm. you're in. Like yeah. we're not about labels in yeah. that way. Yeah. 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 yeah, I will sit down and have like. Well, I drink tea, but or, well, today I'm having <laughs> wine. But um, you know, I will I will sit down and talk with like anybody. And I I feel like there's yeah. there's a lot of myths getting spread about charter schools. And I I, I just want to sit down and talk to people about that and say, look, that's like like don't give people misinformation that's yeah. going to scare them away from maybe finding what's right. Like what mm-hmm. if yeah. what if I had thought. Ooh, charter schools. Ooh, that's privatization. Devil. Like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. Well, then where would my son be? Like, he might yeah. be being told that he's not going to amount to anything. And yeah. I don't. I didn't want him to internalize that message. I wanted him to believe that he could do anything, and yeah. and he does believe that. It, mm-hmm. But it's. I mean, it's been a journey to get him there, including like practicing Latin declensions over Thanksgiving. I am the mean mom <laughs> who brought the Latin charts. <laughs> I'm the mean mom that was like, get your SAT vocabulary. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yes. It, yeah. I, I just mean, like, I like that it had y'all as the <laughs> plural sing, second person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes, these are Texas Latin yes. charts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I do think like, there's so much work to be done, but I do feel like if we did it together, we'd get way farther than sure. trying mm-hmm. to do things on our own. Um, so that's my 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 big wish is that we just have more conversations like these where there's wine <laughs> <laughs> and we're not trying to convince anybody of anything. We're just saying like what are you doing? What are you doing? Right. Tell What's your story. For you? Think about like What's working for you? what connects mm-hmm. between your upbringing and what you want for your kids. Right? Yeah, we all exactly. have a story. We're all trying to solve problems. And yeah. we all kind of want the same thing for our kids to to be successful. Yeah. And have high expectations. Have yeah. be taught by people who believe in them. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's the highest and I it's funny we come from but one of the things that, you know, my dad, he's 80 years old now, but he's an SASD graduate. He went to Lanier, and he was like, when I was in school, nobody expected any of us to do go to college. None of us. I took art. I took ROTC. I was not ready for anything. And that was yeah. just the attitude. It was like, you're vocational school. That's all you're going to, you know, and it's yes. just like, wow. You know, and for some reason, my mom, even though she came from also like working class Mexican family, mm-hmm. her parents somehow decided to send her to Incarnate Word High School. I don't even know how that happened. I should have a conversation (laughs) with my mother on how that ended up up happening. But just seeing just the expectations that are put on you when you're in school and are you going to 
what are you going to do? And, you know, anyway, my dad had a mentor that said, you can be, you're smart, you can do it. And that was kind of like, once someone had a high expectations in me, I realized I can do anything. Like he's really positive and really confident. And I I struggle (laughs) to be that positive and confident. But I do see that I do think there's definitely value in saying, let's focus on the positive and what we can do rather than all the problems, because the problems will always be there. They'll always be there. So if I can connect another parent or say, even if it's this other school, say, will you be the leader at your school for the parents to Mm -hmm. tell them here's what's happening? It starts even like that, you know, and it, it does make a difference. You know, it does make a difference. And um yeah and parents want to be a part of they want to know what's happening they want yeah. to be like oh, how can i help you know they just need to be invited in and be given opportunities they want to and that that's mm-hmm. a school culture thing like yeah. at each school like are they sure. is do the parents feel yeah. welcomed and that they can speak up and when and, they are yeah. at schools where parents are welcomed and involved those schools almost always are doing well you know mm-hmm. you know it's the one where it's like the parent voice is suppressed where they're struggling because it's like no, we're the experts. You're yeah. not. You know, so that's key. That's key. Stir things up. Yeah, it needs to be a city culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like it yeah. needs to be the culture yeah. of our city where we say, we, the parents, because I'm a parent too. I have three. Mm-hmm. I have three children. They're all three in choice schools. They're all three in different choice schools. I have one at Advanced <laughs> Learning Academy, <laughs> one at Fox Tech High School, and one at Jefferson. Um, and I do think, like, it's time for the parent community to really say, like, hey, I have high expectations for my children, and I'm going to hold you accountable to meet those high expectations for our children. That is transformative. Yeah. Yeah. It will will change our city. It it will will change the city if if we can self-advocate and say, like, you know what? It's not just the school that needs to have high expectations for my kids. Mm -hmm. Our Mm -hmm. kids... These three here, like mm-hmm. us three, mm-hmm. our kids are going to be fine no matter what because yeah. they have us. Yeah. That, I right. mean, and we already yeah. are thinking yeah. through, like, I actually have hopes and dreams for my children that I can name. Mm-hmm. And I I will shop around if I have to. Mm-hmm. We have. Mm-hmm. All three of us have mm-hmm. shopped around for the school that's yeah. the right fit for our children. Yeah. Or build your own homeschool. Or build Whoa. your own. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a, that's a whole great world I don't, that I don't know much about. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. No, it's a, it's a fistful of museum memberships, basically. I bet. Like, we went to the museum all the time. I know that's how yeah. I yeah. met Inga, because I was... Yeah, you were, like, obsessive visitors at the museum. And uh, we were like, we need, to get, we need to get the mom bloggers to come talk about us. Cause, and then, anyway, Inga came, and I was, that's how I met Inga, you know, through, through that. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that was, I mean, that was, that was science. Take. Every I mean, week was, yeah, at the, at the museum. That was how we did science. It was like, yeah. they had a project every week, so... Yeah, yep. that's how, and that's how mindsets get changed, right? Yep. Like you have a you have a following of five thousand people, mm-hmm. you have a following too on Facebook, and it's yeah. like those are the things that I think are adding value to what yeah. we are doing, even though what we are doing is not yet perfected. Like, yeah, there's oh, still yeah. big things. That there's I, still so many gaps out there. There are still so but, many gaps, and there yeah. are still so many reservations that I have. Like I have this internal dialogue with myself all the time yeah. about what is the right solution for. <laughs> For anything, yeah. right? Like it's, but I also have harmony in my top five strengths. So I'm always like, what could go either way? You know, yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're trusting leaders, true. right? Like the, the leadership at SASD, right? Like yes. To be equity minded and to be like, to keep raising the standards and to yeah. be looking for great teachers who will like love these students and have high expectations. So, mm-hmm. so to some extent, it's like, like we as parents can advocate, but then we also need to learn when to trust that. Absolutely. You know, like trust, trust but verify. I guess like the the, yeah. the leaders are like 
find out what is the plan are they implementing the plan are they are they being faithful to it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and we need to do the same on both sides right like in in ISDs but also in the charter in the charter network system that we are also holding leaders accountable to right be, like if they have those freedoms under state law are they using them for a good purpose right yeah yeah is there access and is there equity and if mm-hmm. there isn't then we need to hold them yeah, accountable speak up. to that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. totally totally Cheers, totally, guys. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Do you feel like we left anything out before we wrap up? <sighs> I'm just going to sigh heavily. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's can a little I, bit I, more. Can, wine, I, so can, I, can, can I, can I plug the app yeah, a little bit? Of course. Okay, all right. right so, okay. So, so, everybody, so get out your phone, <laughs> go to the app store, search for San Antonio Charter Schools, and uh, it is a school finder app. And we have um, like, the open enrollment charter schools, we also have the SAISD in-district charter schools. So that's part of like, we're trying to be, and we're adding schools all the time. We want to be inclusive of like, you know, what are the schools that your kids can go to regardless of where you live? Because mm-hmm. you can find, you can go on the web and find your neighborhood school, but if you're looking for an alternative, then the app will help mm-hmm. you find that. So, and you can narrow it down. Like if you're only looking for kindergarten, because um, it's, there are over a hundred schools in the app now. And that is just overwhelming. So, but if you can filter it down to just a handful that you yeah. can actually like visit, go on a tour, talk to the principal, mm-hmm. then then it's doable. Then and it's that's not too totally scary. doable, mm-hmm. guys. So, you can actually yeah. schedule school school yeah. tours and go. They talk will let to, you come see. They will let yeah. you. Mm-hmm. They totally. will let you do that. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. That. You did. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I want to come see. You know. And I, think I went all the way to Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I visited wow. a Great Heart School. I visited. I toured Veritas back in 2013 before I put my kid in. That's, nice. awesome. Vista. Yeah, that's pretty extreme. But there there are there are schools that will fly you out of they they will bring parents out of state. Yeah. You know, kinda of like like Duzian wants yeah. the most active parents to visit and talk about what the school is doing. There are out of state schools that are looking to expand to Texas that will actually like fly parents out to their home state and do a tour. Wow. So, I didn't realize that. Because yeah. I was gonna say, well, if you couldn't do it, then how would you go but yeah, I mean, partly too, it's like it's having so one thing I noticed at Great Hearts was that there are clusters of us who found out through certain networks, right? So there's a lot of Trinity alumni mm. as parents. There's a lot of there's a lot of lawyer parents. And mm. there's and then there's like certain like if one mom in the homeschool co-op signed up her kids for Great Hearts, then next thing you know, like the whole and homeschool the whole, co-op. Yeah. So and there, there's certain churches in town that have mm-hmm. a lot of Great Hearts kids. That's um, true. interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right, like Wayside or Oak Hill. Uh-huh. Like there's yeah, there's certain. Well, churches word of that, mouth is still like it's yeah. so popular. You know, and the maybe most powerful s- some form. it's on your Facebook group. Some is mm-hmm. just conversations, talking, talking yep. and you know mm-hmm. maybe it's not online. It depends. You know, so there's there's different ways, but word of mouth that you put a lot of trust in that. Like mm-hmm. I know that you know you'll see you a lot of kids going mm-hmm. from certain private preschool to this, but because yeah. it's been validated. Yeah, oh, yeah like Discovery like, School. There's a ton yeah. of Great Hearts kids who all went to Discovery School. And there's for a thing between <laughs> St. Paul's Montessori to ALA. I feel like there's right. a ton yeah. that went there. Right. I'm like, this is interesting, and you yeah. know, it's uh-huh. like, this is a good thing. But I would it's say like the thing. Urban ethnography here. Yeah, I would say it's like. You know, if you're a parent listening to this, as a parent, you have incredible power, more power than you realize. And, yeah, you know, you do. really, the, it is about you are the customer. You are and mm-hmm. it, you have 
you do not have to settle. You do not have to. And sometimes you have to make a real ugly stink. And some, but that's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And um, it's okay to be that parent. It's okay I've to done be that, that yeah. parent. And you actually have. You should be you that should parent be that sometimes parent. because your kids are worth not it. every day, guys. <laughs> no, because then they'll be like, no, because oh, yeah, then yeah, yeah. like, oh, here she comes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think that no, we keep need... your powder dry until yeah. it really counts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it matters as a parent, and then figure out, and if you can, if your school is not responding to you and being responsible. Reach out to other parents. You know, join your group. Or yeah, there's or also go an... to the school board meetings. Yeah, because like they have public comment periods. And then I've, there's, there's I've done it. Group. I can explain. I can teach you how. Yeah, yeah. and there's this group, it. and you know about this too. Like it's a Facebook group now called MindShift Ed, and right. it's got um, there's a couple parents. One's an idea par- idea public oh, yeah, school parent. One is an SAISD parent. Yeah, and um, they're really you know. It's a good group to join it just to learn more. They're going to have like a school report card day and talk about what this means. So whether you agree with the rating systems or not, but just understanding as a parent, what do I need to know? How can I meet other parents? I find it extremely valuable to be in a room with parents from other from different from schools. Different, yes. And you see the same the problems are the same, you know, mm-hmm. or the concerns mm-hmm. are the same. But the we all have we have more in common. We mm-hmm. just want what's best. Mm-hmm. Right? We want our kids to feel accepted. What's the name of the group? A mind shift ED. And there's two parents that are kind of. Um, yeah, Joe Kentu it's a, it's and, local. and Maribel Gardea. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. and they're one's an SAISD parent, one's a idea. And I think that that's the more that we can have parents that are saying, maybe I made a different choice, but it doesn't matter. We we, we we're still in have it. To, we're supporting each other. We have other. to work for the greater mm-hmm. good, right? Exactly. Like it's it's a greater good issue. It really is. It really is. Totally. And I'm, I'm sure when teachers from different schools get together, they probably realize that they have a lot more in common yeah. oh my, than different. You, totally. Anytime you guys want to come to a SALT event. You are always welcome and invited. Yeah. It's it's pretty amazing. I mean, I, I clearly I'm biased, but it is. I can't even. I don't know the word, right words to describe it, but it's just people who come together and validate mm-hmm. each other and lift each other up, mm-hmm. and nobody ever says anything about where or or why. They just are are valuing each other, and they're just it. And they, the problems do they re, they're kids are kids so all of the the issues that kids have they have them wherever they go mm-hmm. like those are just kid you issues like my son not taking yeah. his shirt in right exactly. yeah. Yeah. yeah like yes oh, you sorry. know okay. <laughs> oh, oh, he's I, need I tell now. my kids <laughs> stories all the time on the podcast <laughs> yeah i mean they're just kid issues so mm-hmm. yes you have those students that are like chronically absent or chronically late or chronically off task or chronically sick or whatever it is. You have kids who have big family problems and you have kids that whose problems you're like, that's not a problem. You know, like (laughs) you're just that's my my daughter, the perfectionist who. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's okay. That's. In the grand fine. scheme of things, everything's going to be, be all right. Yes. Yes. I have yeah. to let my kids fail more because like, I'm like totally that type A person and I would avoid things that I thought I wouldn't get an A in. And then right. when I went to college, right. I made my first C in my life and it was in basic drawing. And that got me to like say I can't be an artist. Like, isn't that Ugh. sad? See? Isn't that Ugh. sad? No, I remember, like, I remember like, in trail enough. Like, and then later I'm no, like, I think I'm 36. I think I'm going to paint now. You like, know what? <laughs> you know, honestly, like yeah. I wish that I, school was relatively – no, it was just easy. Yeah. It was easy for me. I didn't yeah. – I fit in. I had a good group of friends. Yeah. The work wasn't – I didn't ever – I mean, there were times where I didn't understand content like that math class, but – but mm-hmm. ultimately, I did fine. Like, yeah. even though I never went to tutoring, I still probably earned an A in that class. I, it was just an easy mm-hmm. thing for me. And and then when I 
got to college, things were infinitely more hard. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't great at managing my own time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't great at studying, really. Yeah. Like I had no study skills whatsoever. Um, and I also got my first C <laughs> and a mm-hmm. D my first semester mm-hmm. of college. And it was shocking. Mm-hmm. And you do start to question, like, maybe I'm just not as smart as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. But the truth mm-hmm. of the matter is I just didn't have – I needed to fail a little bit mm-hmm. more often. Well, you need to be willing to take risks yeah. of, where there is that chance of failure. Like, it wasn't – yeah, yeah. it wasn't until law school that I, like, kind of hit the wall. And then it was like, you know what? I, mm-hmm. And I, I didn't handle it well. And it wasn't until, like, kind of kind of, like – step back from being a lawyer and like kind of rebooted my Mm -hmm. life basically it's like deciding that this education stuff is so important to me Mm -hmm. that i'm going to do all kinds of things that i'm not good at Mm -hmm. because it's worth it so like having like learning to do public speaking or like kind of giving up some of my privacy to be this like semi-public figure on social media and i I get i get trolled by people and yeah it's like well you know but it's for the greater good Mm -hmm. and and I hope that I and I do get messages from parents who say like, "Wow, I wouldn't have known about this except for mm-hmm. your page." So thank you. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, thank you both for coming thank today. You, Thanks Dan. for having a glass of wine with me. <laughs> thank you for having the pleasure. me. Yes, yeah. yes, I love you both. Thank you very, very much. I'm Jen Maestas, and you're listening to Miseducation. Education. 